0: Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4. In the book of Acts, we see God moving powerfully. And one of the things I want to say right off the bat is that whenever we see the Holy Spirit moving, whether it's in Scripture or in somewhere else, what we automatically want to do is channel that. We want to recreate what we've seen. We as humans are great at creating systems, right? We're great at creating systems, and I actually like systems because I like routines. I get up in the morning, and I have a routine that I go through, and that way I don't always have to think about things, and the other thing that systems do is systems kind of point you in a general direction so that you're moving towards something. But one of the things I want to share with you this morning that I believe the Lord really wants to communicate is that you cannot create a system for the Holy Spirit. You cannot channel the Holy Spirit. What you can do is you can come alongside the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit does want to use us, but all that we can do is offer ourselves. And when the Holy Spirit begins to move, one of the things that He always does is that He doesn't just work in in the system that we've established. Because then we get the mindset that we can control Holy Spirit. But what He always seems to do is He seems to work in ways that we're not expecting. You know, just like I was telling you about with the parsonage and so on. The Lord doesn't give us any advance notice. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. Why does He do that? Well, part of it is is because He wants to show that, that He's in control. But the other part of that is, is that Anytime that we establish a system, part of what we do with the system is we try and control. Have you ever noticed what happens when we try and control things? It's never good when you compare it to what God wants to do. And so in the Scripture this morning, what we're going to see is, We're going to see God moving in powerful ways. And we're going to see people uh, coming alongside the Holy Spirit and surrendering themselves and being used by the Holy Spirit. But I want to tell you right now, even as we get into this, you cannot go into this with the mindset of, I'm going to recreate that. Because what we're going to read about this morning has been tried to be recreated. And I want to tell you, it has failed Every time. Because it hasn't been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Instead, it was people just saying, we're going to recreate this. Well, in Acts chapter 4... Um, In verse 32, we're going to find a a section of Scripture here that talks about how the Lord was moving through His people. And you also see this in chapter 2 of Acts. And both of these occurrences come right after the Holy Spirit moves in like powerful ways. Like He's shaking the ground around people. They're seeing uh, tongues of fire on people. You know, people are speaking in all these unknown languages that they don't know, but other people around them know. I mean, there is just flat out miraculous, supernatural stuff happening, and as a result of that, people are like, I want to be a part of this. Lord, what can I do in the midst of this? Because all these other things that I was doing in life, none of this stuff compares to this. You know, one of the things that I uh, was thinking about with, in how God moved among our youth in the D now, um, weeks before that, uh, we, uh, our, our basketball team was kind of doing pretty good, and it looked like they were really going to go somewhere, and then all of a sudden it was like, pfft, it just, it didn't. And it was like, who is that about? You know, God, what, what, why? You know, you you ever been in those situations? Well, as I was thinking about it recently, that would have been a major distraction because as some of you know, Marcus is one of the coaches, by the way. (laughs) That would have been a major distraction from what's going on here. And so if you give me the choice of what's going on here to jumping around over winning a game that people are going to forget about like in no time at all, I'll take this. And so that's what these people were doing. They were seeing God move and they were like, I don't care about this other stuff. I don't care about, you know, this job or, or, you know, this thing I was going to go do over here. Forget it. I want to be in what God is doing right now. God is still moving and God invites us into stuff. Again, we don't create it. I'm not standing up here trying to create something. It's not what I'm doing at all. But... I want to be ready. I want to be open for God to use me and for God to use us as a group. Because God doesn't just use us individually. Each of us have roles to fulfill, but we can't do it on our own. I can't do it. I need each and every one of you. You have different roles, and if your roles aren't happening, my roles really don't go anywhere. God brings it all together, and that's part of what we see in this text. Verse 32 says this, and again, this was right after a prayer meeting in which the whole place shook, verse 31 says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Then, verse 32, it says this. All the believers were united in heart and mind. Now, how how are they united in heart and mind? It's because they are each being led by the Holy Spirit. That's how that happens. Here's how it doesn't happen. And here's how we try to create it. We try to get other people to think like us. You know, We come in with our arguments and because we think that we have this great way. Let's get everybody to think like Kirk, and then we can all move forward. That's not going to work. How does it happen? Each of us turns to the Holy Spirit. And as each of us turns to the Holy Spirit, you know what happens? Every one of us have to change our thinking. Every one of us. Every one of us has to change our expectations about how things can happen because Scripture declares that God's ways are far above our ways. That means it's above my way and your way and this person's way and this person's way, and so when we get our eyes on the Holy Spirit, He begins to change every one of us. And what happens is this: one heart and mind. But when I resist the Holy Spirit, when I you know get in this place of pride and I want to you know do something a certain way. I get in the way, and I don't get to be a part of what God's doing. I want to be a part of what God's doing. So they were all of one heart and mind, and then it says, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land and or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which name means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. So people are moved in such a way, they're not focused on what's going on in this life at all. To the point that they're like selling everything because they want it to be used for what God was doing right now. That is powerful. I mean, it just shows where their mindset was. Now, here's the thing, though, where I want to go back to. People have tried to recreate this over and over, and I don't know of a single instance where it has ever worked. Religious leaders, for instance. Religious leaders have created uh, these little communities where they say, Okay, um, you're not going to own anything. I'm going to decide who gets what. And so they create this system where everything's going to be equal and fair. But you know what? Every single instance that you look at that, okay? I come out of one of them called Mormonism where it's been tried. It was tried right here in Illinois in Nauvoo. Failed miserably. You want to know why? Because it wasn't led by the Holy Spirit. It was led by people. Anytime you put a system in place, you know what happens? People find a way to take advantage of it. I was sitting in a ministerial alliance meeting this week, right here in town, and somebody made the comment, That we as an alliance have been able to do more benevolence work, that's where you help people financially and so on when they're in need, since we stopped our benevolence ministry. And they were absolutely right. Here's what I mean by that. There was a time where we had a benevolence ministry, and with our benevolence ministry, we had the system set up. Okay, we're only going to give this much money, and you got to meet these requirements, and it's only, you know, this so often that we can give it, and, you know, we had all this laid out. Here's what happened. Over and over, the same people came right when the deadline was that they could come back and they always had an emergency at that time, just over and over. So we just had these repeat people. And then when we had like real things that we really wanted to help out, we couldn't help with it because we kept giving money to all this other stuff. And so finally, we're just like, you know what? We're not even doing any good with this. Let's just stop this. So we killed the whole ministry. Well, then what happened was we started seeing different places where we were like, you know what? That person hasn't come to us, but I see a real need there. I'd like to go help that. And so we started doing that and we had more money to do something and it was money that was actually fruitful because it wasn't somebody trying to take advantage of a system they had learned about. It was somebody that was just in need and desperate and we were able to come to them and say the Lord's moving on our heart. We want to help you. You see what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, it moved. Now, entire nations have tried this system, okay? All right, where where the government says, all right, I'm going to take money from this person, this person, and I'm going to give it to this person and this person. Sounds like a great idea, but here's what happens. Uh, If I'm a person who's working hard, okay, and I'm I'm making extra, and then they come to me and say, ah, you don't need that, I'm going to take that, well then I'm like, well, "Why am I working hard?" And you just gave it to that person over there, and they're over there saying, "You know what? I'm actually not going to do anything because I'm going to get something from it." And so I'm over here going, "You're giving that to that person, they're not doing anything. I'm doing extra." And so they stop doing extra and they stop and they start just doing nothing. What happens? In every instance, every instance what happens is oppression and poverty. Every time. Why? Because you took Holy Spirit out of it. That's why. So, what are we gonna do from this? Are we gonna make a system? Did did I preach this message because I'm gonna invite you to give all your money to me and I will distribute it? As no, don't no, don't even (laughs) absolutely not. But here's what I'm saying. God is moving among us, and God wants to do something. And he um, wants us um, to trade up the things that he has given us. We can uh, spend all of our resources on things um, that, that uh, make our life, we think, more comfortable, more pleasurable. Um, I got to tell you, those things don't bring... Um, the joy that you're looking for. It's nice to have some comfortable things, and God has no problem with that. God wants you to enjoy some pleasurable things. But I want to tell you this. There are things that are way more important that will bless you, that God wants you to be a part of. You know, one of the things that was mentioned, Eli, okay? Eli came out of this youth group, and he's over in Louisville, Kentucky right now. He's at a discipleship school, And he's getting ready to go on a mission trip. I can say where, right? He's getting ready to go on a mission trip to Egypt. Okay, And he's going with a team. And and that's going to cost some money. And um, uh, college kids don't make a lot of money, in case you don't know. And so one of the ways that we can help with that is we can say, here you go, Eli, go over there. Because what's going to happen is um, he's going he's to share Jesus with people, but also here's what's going to happen. God's going to do things in his heart. And what happens is, is when we say yes to God and then God provides somehow, what happens is our heart gets encouraged, we trust God more, and we begin to say, okay, God, uh, I can trust you, and when you say to do something, I'm going to do it. But how does that happen? It happens through God many times moving through other people. I mean, I know I've shared this story, but I, 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 again, it's it's so relevant to now. Before I came in here... I was the first person, my family and I were the first person to move into that parsonage. Before we came here, I was trying to establish a system where Kirk and his family would be wealthy, and it was failing miserably. I I mean, I had all the things going for me. I had bought into a franchise. I had put the franchise in the richest part of St. Louis. I mean, it should have taken off and I should have been doing amazing. But even though... All the demographics and all the statistics were there, and there's no reason it shouldn't have soared. And by the way, I wasn't sitting on the couch eating bonbons. I was working early in the morning and late at night. I was putting everything into it, and yet it was failing. Why? Because God wasn't directing me that way. It's not because what I was doing was wrong or bad. Not at all. God wasn't directing me, Kirk, in that way, and so he was putting up walls. Well, then what happened was I got to a place of desperation, and I finally said yes to God. I said yes that I would pastor. I said yes that I would preach. And then God opened a door for me to come here, and at that time, as I've told you before, We were looking at forced bankruptcy because we weren't going to be able to make the minimum payments. God took care of that and he put us into a brand new house because it had just been finished. How did that happen? It had nothing to do with me. It had to do with God. But you know what? It had to do with God working through other people. You see what I'm saying? God is working through other people that I didn't even know. And here's what that did in my faith. It showed me when I say yes to God, He'll provide. When I try to make my own system that makes perfect sense on paper, and that everybody's saying this is an absolute, it will work, it will fail if I go against God. It doesn't matter how good it looks. Well, we have the same opportunity to give to others, but that happens when we say yes to God. It's not a system that we create. It's just being open to the Lord and allowing Him to use us. So, for instance, um, Nikki has shared there's a mission trip this summer um, that you can do. Maybe God's calling you to do that, but you're kind of like, I have no idea how I would pay for that. That's okay. I don't know either, but if God is telling you to do it, do it. Okay? Because God's probably got some other way in mind to take care of the financial part, and that's, He wants to move in somebody else, and that's going to bless them to be a part of it. But it takes several different people saying, yes, yes. And so what was happening in Acts here is that you had people that were giving themselves over fully to the preaching and the teaching of the word. And they could have said, but God, how are you going to provide for me financially? Because that's what I was saying when I came here, because I I didn't want any part of ministry because I thought ministry, you you know, you just, you live in poverty and all that stuff. And I just don't want to do that. But what God showed me is he is able to provide. God has provided for me in amazing ways. And so now what I want to do from that is I, when I'm able to provide for others, I want to do it because I want to show them what God showed me is that when you trust him and when you say yes, he will provide. We don't want to make decisions just based on you know, what we think will, will, will be best for us financially and so on. We want to make decisions based upon where God is directing us. You know, Do I have it all figured out? How things are going to work um, in bringing a children's pastor on? Absolutely not. All I know is this. I believe wholeheartedly that God has shown that's what He's saying and my experience with God. And when I look at the Word, when I follow God, He provides. And many times on purpose, He doesn't show me how it's all going to play out so that I don't get in and try to control it. And I'm constantly looking to Him for direction and I can't take any glory for it. I can't say, well, that happened because I had this great idea and I put this great system together and I got these knuckleheads to buy into it. I can't do any of that. All I can do is say, I don't know. I mean, God just did it. There was nothing out of the unusual. Um, God just did it. And that's one of the things that we're seeing pockets of revival happening in our nation right now. And when you look at it and you're like, why? There's no human reason for it. God's just moving in different places. Why is He doing it that way? So that He gets the glory. So that He shows us. it's not. It, it, we need to show up. We need to be available. Absolutely. God's going to use people. But it's not us coming up with the ideas because what happens there is we, 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 we like to take the glory for it because we feel like it gives us value. Your value is in the love that Jesus has for you. There's nothing that you have to do to earn it. There's nothing that you can do that will make God love you more. God loves you fully right now. Fully. There's nothing that you need to do for it. And you know what? You may be worried about what the other people around you think about you. You know what? They don't matter. (laughs) They're created fallen beings just like you. What matters is what Jesus thinks of you. He's the creator and he's the perfect one. He loves you fully. So you don't have to do things to get glory from others. Because that's one of the other things is that when God asks you to do things, many times he wants you to do it in a way so that others don't fully see it. We want to give glory to God when He moves, but we don't want to be saying, look what God did in me. We want to give Him the glory. And so He wants to move in ways so that He's the one getting the glory and not us. Because when we start doing that, it destroys us. I mean, when you look at people who start getting massive amounts of attention, most of it can't, can't handle it. You know, for instance, when you think of, you know, child stars. I mean, how many of them haven't just made a wreck of their life? Because we're not made for that. God is the only one who is made for glory. But we are made to, re- <clears throat> to reflect that glory. Do you want to be a part of that? I know I do. God is moving. He has a part for each of us but each of us have to play the part that he calls us to. So what am I asking? I'm just asking you to be open. I'm asking you to look. I'm asking you uh, not to always stick to the script and the system, but to look to God and how he wants to move. God, thank you.